chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. With us tonight, we have Morgan Fox, Communications Manager with the Marijuana Policy Project. Morgan, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So for some of the the listeners that I have that may or may not know who the Marijuana Policy Project is, tell us exactly what the MPP does. Well, the Marijuana Policy Project is the nation's largest marijuana policy reform organization. We're a nonprofit based out of Washington, D.C., and we do uh, state and federal lobbying and uh, state initiatives to make marijuana treated similarly to alcohol. And what kind of a success ratio are you guys seeing in, in states as of recently? Well, over the last few years, we've seen a lot of progress uh, across the country. In 2012, obviously, we saw Colorado and Washington make marijuana legal for adults and regulate it similarly to alcohol, followed by Alaska and Oregon in uh, 2014. The, or the District of Columbia has also uh, made marijuana legal for adults, although it hasn't regulated the retail sales of it yet. And we're starting to see more and more states across the board consider medical marijuana laws and bills to make marijuana similar to alcohol or at least remove criminal penalties for it. So we've been seeing more and more success over the last few years. And a lot of the success is it's almost unfounded. I mean, we've had prohibition for 80 years. What do you think is one of the defining attributes to this recent push in in legalization? I think a lot of it is just people becoming educated about the subject. More and more people are starting to realize that marijuana prohibition has failed, and they're realizing that marijuana is safer than alcohol, so there's no reason we should punish adults for using the safer option. MPP uh, initiated the initiative in Colorado. Now, did MPP have anything to do with the initiative in Washington State? Well, we supported the initiative, but not financially. We weren't directly involved in it. But, you know, it, it was an initiative to make marijuana legal for adults. So, uh, you know, we were obviously in favor of it. Was there any boots on the ground assisting or was it in favor of? Uh, we weren't directly associated with that initiative. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, it's it's interesting the, the types of things that you hear floating around the trees often. The types of opposition that we wind up facing, you know, kind of like when we look at Prop I-19 in California and, and how it kind of just fell apart, whether it was authored correctly or not. You know, California had been uh, legal for quite some time for medical use, and one would have assumed that it would have passed. And then, you know, we, we fast forward to, to where we're at now and, and some of the hurdles that some of the initiatives are, are facing in multiple states. What's your take on that? I think when we look at Prop 19, the biggest problem was that it was in a gigantic state in a non-presidential election year. So we were not going to get the amount of turnout that would have been in favor of that sort of an initiative during that year. But, you know, every initiative is going to have you know detractors from it, and it just is up to the people in that state to determine how best to end marijuana prohibition. You had mentioned just a moment ago about regulation. Now, how important do you think it is to have a, a regulated market as opposed to one like Washington, D.C.? 
Well, I think that until people can actually do business with this substance, and as long as it is still a crime to uh, actually sell it to other adults, then, you know, we have a serious problem. You know, you have to regulate this substance. Otherwise, the industry remains entirely underground. And that has a lot of serious problems. It's completely uncontrolled. You know, you don't have any sort of quality controls whatsoever. So I think that there's absolutely a need to regulate it. And the fact is that most Americans don't support a model where marijuana is regulated similarly to tomatoes, which are still regulated. So I think that there has to be some sort of a structure in order for legitimate businesses as opposed to illicit organizations to be able to produce and have retail sales for marijuana. That's a really good point to make that everything is regulated. And we look from tomatoes, obviously, anything that you ingest in your body is regulated. I mean, to the socks you wear, you know, the quality control is regulated, how it's produced, how it's imported, and how it's sold is all regulated. So when we look at what a, a free market would, would actually be, well, it would be a regulated one. Absolutely. It's far more free than the current completely illicit market where doing business with marijuana whatsoever sans regulations is, you know, a prison sentence. So MPP has been around since, is it 95 or 96? Uh, 95. 95. Since 1995, what has MPP done for states so far? Well, we've been involved in the vast majority of uh, effective medical marijuana laws, not counting the CG laws that have passed recently, as well as the initiatives that I mentioned earlier. And we're continuing to work very hard to make marijuana legal in states around the country. We're going to be working on five initiatives in 2016. And so with those five, currently, I, I want to say the count is around like 26 different uh, initiatives, legislative measures that have been influenced by MPP at this point, or is it more than that? I'm not sure of the exact count, to tell you the truth. I mean, we've been working on a variety of bills and initiatives over the years, everything from actual bills to make uh, medical marijuana or adult retail marijuana legal to things like law enforcement priority at the city level. You know, it's a, it's a good position to be in, to be able to actually lose count. You've done so much good work. And that's an amazing thing that I'd like to thank all of you guys that have done and continue to do for, for us uh, cannabis consumers and users, patients of, of all kinds, to find a reprieve not only for our health, but uh, certainly for, for our uh, stigma that has been uh, associated with cannabis for so long. I mean, you can definitely see the underpinnings of, of a change, a, a societal change that's happening within the cannabis movement, but even with people that aren't in the cannabis movement, just accepting of a, a different way of presenting itself. Well, it wouldn't have been possible without all the people that supported this movement over the years. And now we're finally starting to make headway and starting to change minds. So it's starting to steadily evolve changing hearts and minds. You know, it's, it's exactly that. We got to take a quick break. When we get back, Morgan Fox, communications manager for the MPP. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. 
Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to ensure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's orders. Less heat, (laughs) more flavor. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Morgan Fox, communications manager with the Marijuana Policy Project, the organization that has been bringing cannabis change uh, since 1995. Morgan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks again for having me. So what would you say is the biggest hurdle that currently faces cannabis reform? Well, you know, we still have a lot of opposition from people who are profiting off of prohibition, such as law enforcement organizations, people in addiction treatment that get fed customers through the court systems uh, to the detriment of people who have real addiction problems. And I think people that just are still kind of locked in the idea that marijuana is uh, bad, or is, is evil, rather, and that the people that use it are you know, not good people. I mean, there's been so much misinformation over the years that a lot of people are still locked in this mindset that this substance is much more harmful than it actually is. So, I mean, our biggest problem is probably trying to change minds, and it's not really uh, becoming that much of a problem anymore. The majority of Americans recognize that prohibition has failed and recognize that marijuana is safer than alcohol. That number is just going to grow. I've seen some interesting movements that have been happening as of recently. I had a guest on a few shows back, Robert Plashtorn. He spent the longest amount of time in prison for a nonviolent offense. He's the black tuna. He started with Irv Rosenfeld, the Silver Tour, and it's uh, something that teaches the elderly about the medical benefit of cannabis. And, and you know, my, my wife out here, actually, she has a, an organization called Mom Force, and, and she goes out to 
you know, the various retirement communities and does the exact same thing. And I can't I've actually heard of that organization. You probably have. <laughs> both of them. They're, they're both wonderful, beautiful organizations. And I, I can't stress enough that, you know, from my point of view, I think that uh, it is education. You know, the more we can educate the people that are afraid of cannabis, that it isn't something to be fearful, the faster we will get to the next step. And what that step is, is going to vary from state to state. Often, you know, I'll see people shaking their fist, you know, because they, they don't think that they're getting enough freedom. And, you know, I, I remember very well the D.A.R.E. program. I, I remember very well the, the Just Say No programs and what transpired and, and friends that I had seen that were bright, shining examples of what could have been but weren't because they, they wound up getting rolled up with cannabis and, and their entire future is just completely dashed at that point because it's felonies. And, and, you know, often, you know, we don't employ felons because it can be a higher tax burden or, or any number of reasons. So, you know, I, I again, I've, I've got to say thank you to, to you for, for doing what you do and the entire organization because, quite frankly, I haven't seen any more movement from any other organization uh, since normal, really, that uh, has done as much for the people that choose a safer alternative. I mean, it's all a group effort. I mean, from organizations such as Herb Rosenfeld and Robert Platchorn's group and the one that, that you mentioned in Montforce, to uh, organizations like SSDP, Students for Central Drug Policy, Drug Policy Alliance, Americans for Safe Access, Normal. Uh, you know, everybody is doing a lot of really good work to make this happen. So it, it's absolutely a group effort. I'm glad you said that. You know, it's I've traveled to every one of these types of meetings, you know, from normal to SSDP to Americans for Safe Access, Arizonans for Safe Access. I mean, there's a normal, of course. You know, I've been to a number of them and they all do so much. It's unfortunate that, you know, we've had to, to bang our fists for as long as we have to get as far as we have. But it's, it's an amazing thing. I just see the Doppler that you guys have done with the stone that you've tossed in the pond. And it's rippled very great. We see right now what we do see because of the efforts of, of you know, and the direction of. And so, you know, again, I, I say thank you. Well, so that's a very poetic way to put it. I appreciate that. I mean, and also we have to remember that we've made so much progress just over the last few years. We still have a long way to go. But considering that we've had, uh, you know, many, many decades of prohibition that we have to overturn and decades of misinformation about this plant, it makes sense that this is going to have to be an incremental process. So we can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good as we continue to reform these laws. Perfect being the enemy of the good. You know, that's that's a really great way of putting it. You know, again, I, I see it so often where, you know, the people shake their fist and, and it just it puzzles me. So there's five states currently uh, in the, the focus of Marijuana Policy Project for legalization. Tell us about those states. Well, we're going to be concentrating primarily on Arizona, California, Maine, Massachusetts, and Nevada. We've already begun gathering signatures in Maine, Arizona, and Nevada. And the California initiative that we're going to be supporting has not been completed in terms of drafting yet. And, but uh, we are planning on beginning signature gathering in Massachusetts very soon. And how is it so far that in the in the states that you've uh, been affected by or being affected? How is it looking so far? Well, I mean, the states that have made marijuana legal already are, I mean, besides having the standard growing pains of bringing an entirely illicit market above ground, 
they've been doing very well. And all of the things that the opposition has said about how the sky is going to be falling when this happens uh, haven't come true. So we are learning from uh, the process of implementing these laws. And I think that so far we've seen a lot of support in the states that we're working towards. You said Arizona and Nevada, you've begun gathering signatures, correct? That's right. So in, in Arizona, I believe the, the count is currently 60,000 that have been accumulated thus far. Where are you at in, in Nevada? I actually don't know the number off the top of my head. Okay. I'll definitely double check that. I want to keep my finger on the pulse on that, of course. So just to, to recap a, a couple of things, it's interesting to see the, the shift in the populace. What do you think the shift is going to be with the, the typical police? How hard do you think they're going to, to fight prohibition, the release of prohibition, obviously? Uh, well, I mean, so far, uh, law enforcement against prohibition has done a really wonderful job of trying to spread that information among people in the law enforcement community. Uh, I think that most rank-and-file police officers think that marijuana prohibition is a total failure, just like a growing number of Americans do. The problem is with the leadership and uh, organizations like police unions, by being able to enforce marijuana prohibition, they're also able to do things like asset forfeiture, which account for large cash flows for most law enforcement organizations. So the leadership and the police chiefs associations don't want to cut off that cash supply, despite the fact that a lot of rank-and-file police recognize that arresting people for marijuana is a waste of time. Exactly. It, it always has been a waste of time. And the fact that it, it seems to have, have gained in popularity in a few different communities, it, it's puzzling. And I'd like to touch on that again. I, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, Morgan Fox, communications manager for the Marijuana Policy Project. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. MJWellness.com the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the king, right? You just have, you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. 
chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have uh, Morgan Fox, Communications Manager for the Marijuana Policy Project. We've touched on a bunch of different topics tonight, from the duration that uh, Marijuana Policy Project's been around and, and touching on cannabis law to some of the hurdles that we bump into. And, you know, Morgan, thank you for, for joining us. I'd like to know, what got you personally into cannabis? Well, I saw firsthand the damages that the war on marijuana was doing in my community and to uh you know, people around my city. And, you know, I decided that I didn't want to be a part of that anymore. It just was uh, an issue that I really felt strongly about seeing firsthand. And then when I started really doing a lot of research, I realized that it touched on so many other social and uh, criminal justice issues that it became impossible to ignore. We've seen so many recent publications describing exactly that, uh, you know, from time to uh, National Geographic that talked both both the, the positives and the negatives. I mean, with anything, there's always going to be a, a tad negative. I mean, if you find yourself doing nothing but smoking cannabis, you probably will find yourself doing little, if anything. But like anything else, if you enjoy it to the right time and place, you know, uh, like normal would say, a lot, often the set and setting, making sure it's the appropriate time and place. I think pushing some of the information uh, to some of the elderly or the people that aren't informed uh, about uh, like titration, you know, finding the, the lowest effective dose. I've, I've seen stories coming out about how positive those types of, uh, of trends have become for the elderly when they're not just given a, a brownie and said, go have fun. But they're said, no, you know, what has to happen is you, you have to take just a little tiny corner and wait and figure out what uh, needs to happen. And I see some of the things that, that uh, MPP uh, has been doing, you know, with, with uh, you know, wanting to see more uh, testing. Tell us, uh, what are your thoughts of uh, having cannabis tested? How important do you think that is? Well, it's absolutely vital. You know, one of the keystones of regulation is that you know that you're buying the same thing every single time. There's uh, quality control. And that's very important. But even beyond that, you really touched on it earlier, is the need for education as opposed to incarceration. Marijuana is not completely harmless, and there are some problems associated with it, problem use. And those people needed to be treated in the paradigm of a public health issue instead of a criminal justice issue. And that's why we need to end marijuana prohibition. We need smarter approaches to to so many different things. And, and you know, it's one of the things that I, I talk with with my wife about is like, what, what's the next thing after after cannabis is just free for everybody? What, where do you think you'll be once we've finally gotten past this cannabis hurdle? Well, I mean, there's a, a lot of criminal and social justice issues left to work on. And in addition, you know, even if we end marijuana prohibition at the federal level, there's still going to be a lot of work to do in the states. I mean, if you look at alcohol prohibition. There were parts of this country where up until very recently, you still couldn't sell alcohol legally to adults. You couldn't possess it and you couldn't bring it across certain county or state lines. So there'll be plenty of work to do in the future with making sure that marijuana regulations are sensible and not overbearing. It's definitely, it's got to be an incremental approach. I want to say thank you again for coming to the show, for helping with the regulation and the legalization efforts of cannabis in in every state that you guys touch. Hey, Morgan, thanks again. Have a wonderful evening, okay? You too. Thanks for having me again, guys. 
Thank you for joining us on this edition of the State of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or by subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Google+. I'm your host, Dave Inman. See you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.